Ladies and gentlemen, we have a visitor. Uh, we saw him earlier tonight. That's Wade Barrett. He is the, uh, the winner of NXT Season 1, that rookie competition, as John Cena looks to put CM Punk away. Kane, Kane. Who's this? Oh, my Lord. They're, they're all over the place. They're right out here in front of us. They're, look, look. It, it's Slater, Sheffield. And these eight rookies who were a part of the NXT first season have surrounded John Cena in the ring. I don't think they came to make friends with John at all. Oh, my Lord. The ref... John Cena went after Barrett, but ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it's eight on one. It's, it's a buggy. You're right. It's it eight on one. It's, a, it's inexplicable. Now, hey, watch out. Oh, my God. Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker just got... The future is now. Welcome back to not another episode, but a part two of an episode. Ugh. This is your boy, Notorious Nando, and... Of course, as always, Larry Knight, The Undertaker. I like to have fun with Lakers when I run with Quakers. Ooh. Not the San Jose Earthquakers, right? Nah, like, you know, Amish people. Oh. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, or, no, you know what? Like, uh, oatmeal. Oh, yeah. That guy's cool. I love his oatmeal. <laughs> hey, man, it's a staple of, like, you know, kind of like middle, lower class diets. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. Everybody in, like, our entire, like, <laughs> like financial class knows about Quaker oatmeal. How often do you eat Quaker oatmeal? I, I feel like I've only had it maybe once every three or four months. You know, it's not a daily or monthly thing you know there's sometimes where i'll go and i'll eat oatmeal every day oh and then there, there are some streaks where like i would eat like a generic brand of oatmeal because it's a little bit cheaper yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean i don't know i think i eat like oatmeal probably like seven days out of the month oh okay that's that's a good amount like maybe something like that yeah yeah Cause sometimes somebody will have it at work and i'll notice that they mm. haven't been eating it so I'll, like i'll eat it yeah you know no sense of wasting food like, <laughs> exactly well, I hope you guys are enjoying your oatmeal as we're talking about this episode. I know I'll probably crave some right after this. This is definitely a breakfast episode. So, yeah, go get some oatmeal. <laughs> well, in case if you made it this far after part one, this is part two of our season finale. If uh, yeah, if, in case you haven't caught up, this episode will probably make no sense. So definitely check out part one of this season finale. We pretty much go over the last episode of season one for NXT. And this one is more of our personal part two that will kind of recap the season and go over the debut of the Nexus. And we'll also kind of give you our first impressions of season two. We won't go into too much depth since that's what we'll do for season two of our own. But at the same time, we'll just give you kind of our impressions of the rookie and pro pairings for season two. Have you ever have you ever watched the last episode of something first? Of 
Mm-hmm. Or like the last movie in a series first. I which one was I saw Breaking Bad because I never really got into it. And when my sister and brother-in-law were because you know they're huge fans of that show, when they were watching the I think the last two seasons, and I think I was just watching it out of curiosity. So <laughs> I do know how it ends, but I don't want to mess it up for anyone who oh hasn't seen goodness. it. <laughs> so like I've done to watch the last thing a bunch of times. And uh-huh. It's like like Lord of the Rings. I seen the last one, mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I've seen all the rest of them now, but out of like the first, what is it, like eight Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter movies? Yeah. I saw part two of the last one first. Oh, okay. And I didn't understand anything. Yeah, yeah. So like I remember, I seen it in theater too, so I was just like, yo, I don't really know none of the characters. I don't get none of this. Mm-hmm. And it was a terrible experience. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say, don't watch this episode first. <laughs> Work your way through all of them, and then you'll be good. Yeah. Definitely check out our archive where we cover every episode for season one from season one to or I should say from episode one to episode 15. So, yeah, give us a listen. And thanks again for sticking around to check out our part two, which will start now with our in-depth analysis. Uh. (laughs) But before we do, (laughs) what did you think overall of season one? Going into it, I was thinking. All right, this is probably going to be really rough to watch. Mm-hmm. And now having finished season one and I think about it, it was actually a really easy watch. Mm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything made sense. Right. And that everything was completely digestible, but it was very easy to just kind of put on, sit, watch and take it for what it was. Yeah. So I'll give them that for sure. I think that there they suffered from like a classic trope of we don't have enough time to explain what mm. we want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think they recovered well enough to warrant another season. Yeah. 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 So like, it's almost kind of like with the next season, I've I'm hoping they'll have learned from the mistakes of the previous season. Yeah. And make it make sense quicker then kind of, you know, waiting way deep in the season to be like, oh, we're going to have like 11 eliminations mm-hmm. in one night. So I think that'll be pretty cool to kind of see where season two, where season two goes from, I'd say, the success of season one. Yeah, yeah. I think you covered it pretty well on a previous episode where it, it did seem like they were trying to rush the last four to five episodes because even we called it out of saying that you could see that in the beginning they had more luxury in time, but towards the end, they were really trying to rush those eliminations and you called it out like really early on. So. Yeah. It was like really weird. It's like, what? Well, that was like three people. <laughs> and it was like, not only was it three people who got eliminated, it wasn't even like three people who got eliminated. What was it like the first two were from management mm-hmm. and then the next one from, was from the pros poll. So it was like, there's way too much going on. Like, Management just like really destroyed the show. Yeah, yeah. Just so, like they do at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's an entirely different conversation right there. Management. <laughs> don't don't get me started on management. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I I agree. I I remember watching it when it first aired, but I don't remember all the detail, or I should say, I didn't remember all the details going into it on our second watch. And I agree. I. 
I think I was going into it where I remembered some highlights, especially with Daniel Bryan versus Michael Cole. I remember that storyline very vividly, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember how we got to that point and how all the details came up. But now going through this season, I really came to more of an appreciation overall for the storytelling that they did with season one, because kind of how we were saying in the first few episodes, they did a really good job of giving everybody their screen time. And I I think that's what I really enjoyed Mm. compared to modern WWE, because these you really only had eight people, including the pros, which is 16. But the pros weren't wrestling as much as the rookies, which was perfect because that was the whole point of trying to get the younger talent over versus the established, uh, I should say, the established pros at that point. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. So I think that's what I enjoy the most going back is, yeah, the pros in total, I think it was, I'll go into the stats more, but I think one pro only had three matches at the most and all the, all the rookies had about 10 matches throughout the whole season. So it was a good balance. And yeah, give them credit. They kind of rotated between the the screen time and the spotlight, so to speak. So overall, I, I really enjoyed the season. Like There was some of the episodes that we did give a lower score to, but even those were still progressing the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like now I'm just kind of sitting back and think about it. I think the season was good because even though a bunch of people got eliminated kind of towards the end, it was almost in a way pretty cool to use the rest of those other episodes to kind of get used to the guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that being kind of in place, I guess it's pretty cool versus like if you would have had elimination too quickly, it would have been like, okay, well, who was he in the first place? You may not have had enough chance to really like kind of get to know him or get to, you know, used to seeing him versus like, when was the first elimination? Like, uh, about episode 10 or like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we had a hot, nine episodes to see these dudes like wrestle mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying get used to hearing them speak because everybody spoke enough mm-hmm. so although it was kind of confusing you could kind of say that there was a methods to their madnesses yeah yeah because it worked out i think in our favor like the watcher mm-hmm. because it gave us the chance because so think about it say you know tarver was easily going to be the first person eliminated yeah, yeah and if they would have did it probably in a normal kind of format he would probably got eliminated mm. in what episode five yeah yeah, yeah. and we would have just been never have gotten so many gems from him <laughs> that's true yeah i think you're i think you make a good point that i didn't think about where standard reality shows because that's what they were kind of going for with this theme of season one mm-hmm. and at, w- within the the first four seasons really of trying out this uh, elimination style reality show, even though it's wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it was. That's what was popular during that time. You got all those like, I love New York. Mm-hmm. I love, what was it? Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love. Uh, Survivor. Tila, Tila Tequila had her own show. Yeah. Survivor. Uh, what is it? The one with the wives and the uh and the dude. Um, The Bachelor. The Bachelor, yeah, yeah. Um, all, of, all those it shows. was all the rage so yeah oh man that's gross so like, this is basically like the wwe's like you know reality elimination show which is kind of interesting because tough enough came before a lot of these shows too 
And that was already their real, real reality show. Yeah, that was like the WWE's real world. Yeah. Like that had a very, I don't know why I really liked watching Tough Enough, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can cover that later on. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Tough Enough was cool, but it felt really like real world-ish to where it was almost to be, supposed to be like, all right. I mean, I don't even really know what it was, but, you know, you got more of a feeling of that one was... You took all these people and you really didn't know who was going to win because it was really going to be off votes and stuff mm. versus like NXT kind of seemed like it was about votes. But you could almost see from the beginning that Wade Barrett was probably going to win. Yeah. Just because of like the way that he presented himself and just every all the tools that he had. Like he didn't really have no clear weaknesses. So, yeah, it it did provide a pretty good insight where speaking of managers and just overall, like that mental professor mentor perspective mm-hmm. when kind of how you mentioned when you see Barrett and his overall progression throughout the whole season. And going back to your analogy from a few episodes of just being that coach um, on who I would pick as my first draft or my superstar for my team, you can definitely point out Barrett, as you said, right off the bat. And then when you kind of give him that credibility throughout the season of seeing his his growth, his mic skills, his in his uh his in ring skills, and just overall his mannerisms, that's definitely the top guy. Even though Daniel Bryan has been established as the the veteran and the indie superstar, they they gave him a good gimmick too of being winless pretty much. But overall, when you saw Barrett, that was the guy who was yeah, this is going to be. The breakout star and as you can see like ov- overall after a while daniel bryan didn't have to win this because he was already over he was already over yeah, yeah yeah and it was pretty cool seeing that same progression with the other guys with slater and gabriel where after a while they also got themselves over yeah, with the yeah. season so barrett needed it mm-hmm. like as much as he had all the tools to uh to win it from the jump if he didn't win he it would have been harder for him to recover from it mm-hmm. versus like kind of what came next with the Nexus. Mm-hmm. The winner was the guy that had all the tools. So it made sense mm-hmm. with that moving forward. Yeah. Like yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. No, I agree. I think another highlight or not so much highlight, but another thing that made this season stand out and overall made the show stand out were all the different challenges because I remember them, but I didn't remember how many they actually had throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely one thing that, I mean, the original Tough Enough also did have challenges, but this one was more of that elimination style for the reality shows that came out during that time. And yeah, I think we haven't really seen any of those beforehand. And also, this is the first time where we had that pro and rookie dynamic compared to the original tough enough where it was just contestants. They weren't being paired up with anybody. Yeah. So I I really was intrigued by the whole concept when I originally saw it back in 2010. And now that we recapped them, I was like, okay, that's a good, that's a good idea. Sadly, it wasn't that great when you kind of compare it in the ratings but overall, as a viewer and how you mentioned, it, I thought it was really entertaining to watch watch the storylines throughout the weeks. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool because like when I was watching this season, it um this is kind of like when 
I've really started to get back into WWE mm. wrestling because mm-hmm. I want to say a lot of the ruthless aggression era I missed. Yeah, yeah. Because I was watching a lot of wrestling on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Like I watched a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And I wasn't watching WWE as much. So kind of around this time is when I remember really getting back into it. So it was nice to be kind of reminded of stuff that I remember seeing happening at the time. So it was like, oh, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Wow. And it's, you know, like we were talking about how the production is really good. It mm. It's almost like you're watching it live all over again because it doesn't yeah. date it. Yeah. The only thing that really looks dated is like the fashion and then like, you mm-hmm. know, their style. Because if this was now... Seven of those dudes would have had beards. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolute fact. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure all of those guys have beards now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think Otunga on the last pre-show. He definitely has a beard. <laughs> yeah. Slater has a, has a has beard. Has a beard. Yeah. Before we've seen, we seen Barrett last, he had a beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian has a beard. Uh, uh, Ryback had a beard. He had a little beard. Um, Tarver probably got a beard. And Darren Young got a beard too. Oh yeah, yeah. I just and Justin Gabriel got a beard. Yeah. Wow, you called it <laughs> for sure. This is the way that fashion evolved. Like beards came with clothes. Yeah, yeah. Overall, we didn't know how how good this season would be, or what we initially thought it was. But now that we both kind of went back and reviewed every single episode, I I think I would give it an overall thumbs up. Just. Based on the overall season, you know, you know what I mean. It was fun, like mm-hmm. just kind of, <laughs> just kind of watching some of it, and you know, I think if you're a current fan and you're just wondering kind of where some of these people came from, mm-hmm. it's in your best interest to go back in time and just pick something and roll with it. And I think we picked a good time to go back, start, and just watch and like rediscover something. Yeah, because we definitely wanted to celebrate it for their. 500th episode but i kind of didn't expect it that they count their takeovers as episodes too so when we were kind of going through the promotion of this podcast i was like okay cool we'll release the first episode when the 500 episode goes out and then i realized that they just went to 501 after takeover and i'm like oh i guess they <laughs> i guess they can't takeovers as episodes too yeah yeah that, i really wouldn't do that <laughs> but mm, no nah, i wouldn't do that cuz wwe doesn't count pay-per-views as episodes because when you watch raw it's not like raw counts as yeah it's not like wwe 1 yeah it's, yeah you know and then you get wrestlemania and it's like wwe 1000 yeah, yeah, 12 yeah. or whatever yeah so, Hunter, that's my feedback. Just don't count takeovers as NXT episodes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> cool. So, up next, we will recap some of the pros and rookies overall history. And we won't go too much into depth for folks who will continue to appear on NXT. But I'll go into more details for the for the folks who have no i should say for the folks who no longer appear on future episodes of nxt they could still be on the main roster but for the purpose of this podcast we really just want to stick with nxt and and cover it there so we'll go from the bottom to the top with the order that the rookies got eliminated at and we'll just work our way to the top 
And yeah, so the first rookie that was eliminated was Michael Tarver. I won't go too much into him because Michael Tarver does have one last match in season two. So we'll definitely cover that once we come back to season two. Then his pro was Carlito. And unfortunately, we kind of have to say that Carlito is now NXT retired. Sadly, are you going to miss your your boy Carlito? I'm not. Sadly, <laughs> I mean, as mean as that sounds, I'm really not going to miss him that much. I feel like I really just didn't get much from him out of the season anyway. Mm-hmm. So best of luck on your future endeavors, <laughs> Mr. Carlito. Dang, did you just... What's what's that guy's name? John Lord Knight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just gave him the well. That's Papa Bella right there. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> Dang. Isn't it crazy how how connected everyone is? That's in, in too wrestling? much. That is way too much. How's John Lord Knight is like the stepdaddy of the Bella Twins, who one dated John Cena and the other guy married to Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah. The one that used to date John Cena used to date Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Come on, man. It's awkward. I'm, I'm kind of sad that the only reason I'm kind of sad that John and Nikki are no longer together is could you imagine if they were all still together? They could have finally gave the the Rocks family heritage heritage a run for their money. You know they what could I mean? Like just started it right there and there. Like here we go, we're bringing the, the wrestling dynasty to America. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna put the what is it the uh, the Von Erics the James. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate power. Mm, that would have been the big power move right there. That's because we have we don't really have like that family that's. Like the wrestling family that's created in the social media era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, wow, that'd be crazy. <laughs> well, going back into that, I'll I'll get into some of Carlito's family history in a sec. Oh, so sadly, Carlito's last. Oh, I should say when recapping these, I'm only doing it based on their NXT in ring appearance. They could probably still appear on TV as a promo or whatever, but. In, in Carlito's case, he doesn't appear after season one. So just just a, as a heads up. So Carlito's last match was actually back in episode six when he teamed up with Christian, The Miz and William Regal versus CM Punk, Matt Hardy, R-Truth and Wade Barrett. It was during that all pros match. And okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? So <laughs> on May 21st 2010 Carlito was actually released due to the wellness policy that they had apparently he was unfortunately addicted to painkillers yeah yeah yeah. poor guy yeah so in in case if you were watching along with us you may have noticed that they don't really showcase him in the last two episodes and they pretty much just edit out the NXT intro where I think one week they didn't show it at all and then the next week they just kind of cut it and don't show the the rookie pairings from mm-hmm. the the intro. So unfortunately, yeah, that was the last time that we saw Carlito in the ring. They, uh, yeah, they never really explain it on TV either. They just kind of gloss over it, but it is kind of weird that in the last episode, they still brought up all the, all the pros and all the rookies. And then you're as a fan, you're kind of wondering like, who's Michael Tarver's <laughs> pro at that point. So I, uh, I felt kind of bad for Tarver. Not only is he a pit bull off the chain or off the leash, he doesn't have master either. No, oh, he doesn't have owner. <laughs> poor, poor Tarver. <laughs> okay, so at that point, then Carlito did go back to the WWC, the World Wrestling Console, 
which is, uh, yeah, his dad's promotion in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, yeah, he stuck stuck around there for for a while and just stayed on the indie scene. And he wouldn't come back until March 2014 for his dad's Hall of Fame induction. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, I think, was also... Was the it la- Carlos Colon? Mm-hmm. Carlos Colon. So that was his last time on WWE TV was back in 2014. And he is... Primo's brother. Yes. And Epico is their cousin. Yes. But Primo means cousin. cousin. Yes. That's why it is very confusing. <laughs> but in a way, it makes sense yeah. with Primo and Epico because they're cousins. Yeah. 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 Got it. All right. And yeah, I don't, I don't think they were trying to. It kind of worked out for them because they stuck around longer than Carlito. So it makes more sense are, for. Are, are they employed longer than he was? Yes, way longer. <laughs> wow. I think Carlito was only from 2004 to 2010. So it's roughly six years on and off. But Epico and Primo have been around since maybe 2008, 2009. So they've been there for <laughs> a good while. <laughs> nice. A shout out to Primo and Epico, man. They were cool. <laughs> I I also researched that in November of last year, the WWE did acquire the video library for the the promotion, but they still haven't actually put it up on the network yet. So I'm guessing that they're still uploading it and doing master versions of it or something. Oh, like with that. the was it World Wrestling Council? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, you know, they might be translating it too. So oh, that's right, right. Might be in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the other thing that Carlito's done outside is that he was on Netflix's original show Glow, and mm. him and Brodus Clay pr- played one of the characters' brothers on that show. So. Oh, nice! You know, we seen Carlito when we were in um, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. Just walking around with who's he? He's just walking around, super casual with like I, Chavo Guerrero I and Chavo, like Jillian Hall. <laughs> uh, who else was there? Probably Brian Cage. Brian Cage, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Is he still the Impact World Champion or I I thought he got hurt. Oh, okay. I don't I don't even know if Impact is on TV anymore. No, I don't I don't think it is. Well, not on regular TV. Anyway. Not no channels that I got. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So now we'll go to the next well, this is seventh place, but oh. technically he's part of the management eliminations and daniel bryan Mm. (laughs) so daniel bryan we won't go into too much because he does appear on season four ironically now as a pro so Mm. yeah we will definitely cover that season as well so (laughs) more details to come into that and same thing the miz will be coming back for season two then we go to skip sheffield so skip is an interesting one (laughs) because Technically, he had one match in March of 2015, where that's when he was Ryback now at that mm-hmm. point. And he was still doing those matches when he was just squashing two or three jobbers. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. So he beat Aiden English and a guy <laughs> named Francis Remy Dorian. <laughs> and yeah, I it's pretty On what, just like a regular episode of NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll definitely cover that one, too, once we get to that beautiful that full sale era of, of nxt but yeah that was his uh his last tv in-ring appearance but he also had one oh i should say excuse me that match actually happened in august of uh 2012 but his last technical match was on a house show 
where he was going up against the big show in March of 2015. Got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And his pro, Mr. William Rigo, he will also have more matches. But his last match on NXT was in November of 2013, and he goes against Cesaro. So I can't, Ooh. I can't wait to cover that match in the future. The Swiss Cyborg Superman, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> man. And back then he was known as Antonio Ooh, Cesaro. Antonio so. <laughs> Cesaro, Mister First and Last, baby. Yes, man. And next we go to Darren Young. Darren Young will definitely be covering on a future episode as well, where he made his last technical appearance on June 2012 with the primetime players, Mm. Titus O'Neil, who will cover in season two. (laughs) And yeah, he had another dark match in October of that year with Titus O'Neil going up against the Usos. So, Mm. mm mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to him in the future. And CM Punk, same thing with him. Technically, his last in-ring appearance was in episode six, where he was part of that same eight pro tag team match. Mm-hmm. But he also, this one is kind of interesting. He also had an appearance in October 2012 in a dark match where he was the WWE champion and Seth Rollins was the NXT champion mm-hmm. and they go up against cesaro and Cashizono. but oh the kings of wrestling yeah nice an, an all roh match at that Ooh, point so i like it so technically this is a dark match but they did release this on the nxt greatest matches volume one dvd mm. so we'll definitely cover that one because nice. that is a rarity where i don't think that has ever happened since where the NXT champion and the WWE champion are in a, a tag match together. So. That's when they were really trying to put over NXT. Mm-hmm. They just like go down there and work magic. Yeah. Let's put the Kings of Wrestling together and see if people notice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we go to our boy, Slater Gator, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Slater has three technicalities here. Yeah. All right. Bear with me. <laughs> Let's do it. So technically, his last NXT in-ring TV appearance was in January of 2013, where he was part of the NXT Tag Team Title Tournament. He was in the first round with his boy, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> well, in 3MB, of course. <laughs> and they went up against, I don't know if you remember this, the British Ambition, which is our boy, Pac, Adrian Neville. <laughs> and uh, what was that other dude's name? Uh... Oliver something. Oliver Gray. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Dang. You memorized it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I I remember them being a really good team. And yeah, I, I can't wait for us to cover that. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching that initial tag team tournament. And it was really, really good. So I can't wait for that. And then in June of 2015, this was really interesting. Kevin, if you remember this, this is when Kevin Owens made the move to the to the full time or the main roster, I should say, mm-hmm. as the NXT champion. Right. And he was going up against John Cena and he was mocking John Cena with his open challenge. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Owens at this time was doing an open challenge on TV and he was on main event. Do you remember main event? I the, do remember. Main yeah, event. yeah. I think they still do main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is when main event they were when it first came back and they were trying to make it a big deal. Mm-hmm. So this is when Kevin Owens was mocking John Cena in doing the open challenge. 
and he made an open challenge to for his NXT title, and Slater Gator came out to uh, go up against them. Nice. So technically not on NXT, but it was for the NXT title. All right. And his last appearance in a dark match was in January of 2016, going up against the Big Show. Kind of random, but mm, I thought you were gonna say like Ty Dillinger. Oh yeah, that's why I was. I was like. <laughs> Big Show, huh? All right. <laughs> hey, Big Show's everywhere. <laughs> then we get to his pro, Christian. And sadly, he is also another NXT retired. Where this season was his last in-ring appearance, sadly. But not... Well, it's kind of good news and bad news, obviously. <laughs> so Christian's last match was on episode 14, where him and Slater went up against Otunga and R-Truth. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that in May of... 2011 at extreme rules is where he beat alberto and to gain his first ever world heavyweight title that was his only one right Mm -hmm. yeah well i think he beat maybe orton i think orton beat him and then he got it again he got two i think you might be right yeah he got like two uh... yeah i I just remember him and orton having really good matches when when he when he got the title yeah i I remember that too because uh i remember they would always They would always run the spot where uh where Christian oh, yeah. would like jump off the second rope and try to do something that wouldn't make no sense and just always dive into the RKO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, I see what's coming. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, All right, I'm gonna stand on the other side of these stairs and I'm gonna dive at you. RKO on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked really cool the first time he did it, but then they did it a couple more yeah, times. Yeah, they 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 a lot of the a lot of those RKOs are really cool, but some of them got like bled to death. Like the the springboard clothesline yeah, RKO yeah, yeah. from CM Punk to that oh, guy yeah. that got bled to death. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, his last match was in 2014, where there was a fatal four way number one contendership for the Intercontinental Title, mm-hmm. and it was Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler versus Alberto versus Christian. Christian actually won the match, and our boy Big E was the Intercontinental Champion at the time. Oh, baby. And kind of like how we mentioned, this was when the main event show was first starting off. So they were trying to push people to really go watch this match, or I should say this show. And that matchup between Christian and Big E was going to happen the the next day, because this is when main event was still on TV and on Tuesday nights. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that's when Christian had his uh his concussion Mm. and unfortunately he had to quietly retire at that point Mm -hmm. so then the next night on main event they pretty much just had the other three compete at the top of the hour on main event and ziggler won that match and ziggler went on to face biggie in the main event of main main event event. yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so unfortunately yeah it was the last time that we saw christian but yeah, he he definitely had a good run after NXT where he captured the world title. So big up, to, big big ups to him, you know. Yeah, that was dope. I mean, that was around the same time that Edge retired, though, right? Mm-hmm. That was a, a yeah. gimme for him. Yeah, cool. So after that, we have Justin Gabriel. Gabriel, we won't cover too much because his last match happened in October of 2014. He had a I, I looked it up. He had a lot of matches on NXT, so we'll definitely see mm. see more of him in the future. And his last match in 2014 was teaming up with Tyson Kidd going up against Finn Balor and Atami. There we go. <laughs> 
So yeah, we'll get to him later on. All right, that's when there was a when when Balor and Tommy were like team double stomp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, when uh, Tommy was using it, but then Balor started using it, and they didn't really know what to do. And then slowly, Tommy stopped using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you get jerk for your move? Yeah. <laughs> then his pro Matt Hardy is another one of those guys who I thought would stick around more, but yeah, he's also NXT retired at this point too. His match uh, was also in episode six with that eight man tag. He so I'll go into some of his history. Matt Hardy is still with the company today. But during that time after after season one ended, he left the company in late 2010. Then he went to go work for TNA the next year in 2011. He stayed pretty much in the indies for a good for a good couple of years and then went back to TNA in 2016. That's when he repackaged repackaged himself into the infamous broken Matt Hardy gimmick. (laughs) And he spent a couple of years there with Jeff and doing the whole broken universe in TNA. Then they brought him back at WrestleMania 33 in 2017. I can't believe that was already two years ago. You know what I mean? That was in Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. After that, they, or I should say, at, at Mania, they actually won the, the, the Raw Tag Team titles. You're damn right. They shitted on Enzo and Cass that yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> they, they never recovered after that. Yeah. That was pretty much their kind of way out at that point. That was it for Enzo and Cass. After that, they didn't get the same momentum. Like, their wave was at its peak, and the Hardy Boys surfed on that shit. Mm-hmm. Man. And it was it was a good tease because they made it seem like, New day, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna jump in. Yeah, but yeah, I I like that part. Yeah, a year later, once we went to New Orleans for WrestleMania 34, he won the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royale. So <laughs> yeah, I I remember it like it was yesterday. So. That's right. Didn't Bray Wyatt come help him? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, they, and that was on the pre-shows. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was so intense. That's what that's what got me is they they really did maybe three or four matches before that on the pre-show still, but the crowd was still really yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, Then what They had that Cruiserweight title match, too, with mm-hmm. Ali and um, Cedric Alexander. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a good match, too. That was a great match. Yeah. More recently, he recently won the SmackDown Tag Team titles with Jeff, but unfortunately, they just had to drop them recently because of Jeff's knee injury. And yeah, but at the same time, he's still with the company now. So and he looks better than ever, man. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, he left for a couple months, came mm-hmm. back. He's like lean again mm-hmm. or like all leaned up like in a way we've never seen before. Yeah. So you never know. I, I have him as NXT retired, but he's still good to go where he can just randomly show up one day. This is true, man. Shout out to uh, what's this kid's name? Like Maxwell. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> King Maxwell. <laughs> King Maxwell. And like, he got another one. And like. His wife was recently on that Table for Three show. Oh, yeah? Because they did a uh, Wrestler's Wives episode. Mm. I can't remember who the other two were, but yeah. Uh, it's like, what, her, not, uh, that was the chick married to Undertaker. Was it her? No. Uh, no nah, no, no. they keep that under wraps. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's kind of cool that they're, it, it'd be cool if that was the reason why she's on that show to eventually, you know, come come to wwe for the first time because she was with him in tna but yeah she hasn't really made a persona appearance on wwe she's shown up on these documentaries and stuff like that but hasn't been in character yeah, yet. Yeah. So, so i mean 
her being herself is character enough almost mm-hmm. like she's pretty hardcore on like social media don't mm-hmm. mess with the uh, rebby hardy no i will not <laughs> that's why we're gonna be go team hardy that's that's all i'll say yeah she's thugged out man <laughs> should get senior benjamin on you quick. yeah <laughs> quick mm-hmm. <laughs> cool so from there we go to second place which is mr david otunga david otunga also appears in season two so we'll cover him then and Mr. Art Truth, his pro, also appears in a future episode in February of 2011. So we will definitely get to him. Hey, man, if Art Truth don't get to the WWE Hall of Fame, oh, dude, <laughs> that is like the ultimate snub because that guy is consistent. They're going to get him in ring until he's at least by 55. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's going to look good while he's doing it. Yeah. Shout out to Art Truth. He, I don't know, he should, like how we mentioned in. Another episode with stables. He just needs to get into a stable so he can get inducted two times. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Arjuve ain't never in no stables. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's been a tag team and a tag team champion with everybody, but just get this man in the stable and just let him get inducted a couple of times. <laughs> Do you consider three person groups a stable or is it? Yes, gotta be- it has to be three or more. Oh, uh, well, he was in a three person team in TNA, but. Oh, it was three live crew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Conan and Road Dog, but I doubt they're gonna induct those guys. Yeah, that's, that's a stretch. <laughs> I would love to see Conan inducted in the Hall of Fame, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> Sorry, Conan. So at, at this time of recording, Truth, just get on, get in a stable. That way you can get two two rings. You know, straight up, man. Our Truth come holler at us somehow. I don't know how, but we mess with our Truth. Man. Yeah, that's, that's our guy. Exactly. And last, but of course not least, we get the winners, which are Wade Barrett and Chris Jericho. Same thing. Uh, I will not go into further detail with these guys because they continue to appear on future episodes of NXT. But a very fun fact is, and this is totally ironic, that the last time that they appeared together were at the same NXT tapings. So they appeared on the same NXT tapings in March of 2013. Jericho then appears first on episode 167 and then Barrett appears on episode. Oh, I should say the other way around. Barrett appears on episode 166 and then Jericho appears on 167. And after that, they no longer appear on NXT, which is wow. Kind of kind of crazy, right? <laughs> same typing, different episodes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, same same pairing. And they both leave the, the company and NXT at the same time. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, I hope I hope you uh, I hope that was helpful to kind of give you a recap of the 16 participants in season one. And yeah, now we'll get to some fun, fun facts and some stats with season one. They were pretty interesting for the most part. Let me get my sheet up one second. We will put the Konami pause button. (laughs) Let's get into the overall stats for for everybody. It was kind of interesting, as you see here, that Wade Barrett ended up being the number one, not only in the season, but he had the most matches overall at 13. Mm -hmm. And he also had the best win-loss record, having eight victories and five losses. And as as much as The Miz got on Daniel Bryan, (laughs) it's funny enough that he was also pretty much at the bottom where he had zero wins and two losses. but. As far as the rookies go, Daniel Bryan had the worst record at winless 
10 losses. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, just looking at these stats, it's it's kind of interesting. And at this part, yeah, the Miz still hasn't won a match technically on NXT at this point. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but he gives the best promos. Yeah. So I guess that counts for something. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting because at that point, midway through the season, Slater had the most matches too. But once he got eliminated, that's where Barrett and the rest of the guys were able to catch up. You know? That's right. So some other interesting facts is we had a total of 40 matches. And it's kind of funny. Out of all those, there was 38 of them came by pinfall. There was only one submission throughout the whole season and one winner from the battle royale that they had. So in total, we just had that submission is from Jericho, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, so some I won't list them all here, but just some quick fun facts from each season or I should say from each episode in episode one. There was a ton of firsts where we had the first tag match. We had the first main event, first rookie versus rookie. In episode two, we had the first rookie to pin a pro. That was Justin Gabriel and Matt Hardy versus Skip and Regal. Regal, yeah. In episode three, there there was the first rookie to pin a pro, and that was Heath Slater going up against Carlito. Yeah. That also, oh, I should say in episode four, we had the longest match, which was Darren Young and CM Punk versus Justin Gabriel and Matt Hardy. And that was the longest match at 1404, hmm. which is kind of interesting because I remember there being some episodes when the total of matches was only like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of interesting that one of the longest, the longest matches so far was longer than some, some com- episodes of matches. Yeah. Yeah. Then in episode five, we had the first all rookie tag team match with Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater versus Skip and Wade Barrett. In episode six, then the longest match became Wade Barrett and CM Punk. uh, Or I should say Ah, that eight man. Yeah, that eight man. So at that point, the longest match now went up to 16 minutes and 11 seconds. We also had the best wrestling percentage out of that episode where it came out to 52% because we had a total of 24 minutes of actual wrestling Mm. in a match. So pretty interesting. Then in episode seven, we had the first rookie versus raw or I should say versus roster talent where it was Kane versus Heath Slater. Yep. Then in episode eight, we just had a fun fact that Daniel Bryan had eight matches in a row since the debut of nxt all losses all losses <laughs> in episode nine we had the first triple threat match in nxt history between darren young michael tarver and skip sheffield there wasn't anything too much in episode 10 <laughs> episode 11 we had the first rookie compete against their own pro nice. with, with david otunga versus art truth then in episode 12, we had a combination of the first eliminations. First, the the eliminations made by management, which was Michael Tarver and Daniel Bryan. And Skip ended up becoming the first one eliminated by the actual pros. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a, a fun fact with that one throughout the whole season, both Daniel Bryan and The Miz were winless. So that's because the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Yes. <laughs> Even though that apple rolled a lot further than the tree went, it still fell from yeah. the tree. 
And yeah, that episode to 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 this date also has the worst wrestling percentage. And kind of what we were just saying, that episode only had five minutes and forty five and fifty four seconds of of wrestling. Didn't even break six minutes. No. (laughs) So that lowered it down to twelve percent of actual wrestling in an episode. Say the last episode in the season. Yeah, Wade Barrett, as we mentioned earlier, came in with the best percentage and is the first winner of the NXT season styles. The grand total for the show duration for these past 15 episodes is 11 hours and 29 minutes. Not bad. And a total of wrestling combined with those episodes is three hours and 39 minutes. That's not that bad because, you know, you could watch about 11 hours of wrestling in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like- just if you watched all the WWE programming. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So going back to the stats there, we had a total of 28 single matches. We had nine tag team matches, one triple threat match, one battle royal match, and one three-way elimination match. Nice. They were trying to... Try like that to... one they tried to fool us that it was a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sneaky, sneaky. We know that was a three-way. <laughs> Throughout the season, there were there were 19 active wrestlers. Some special appearances came from the great Kali mm-hmm. and Kane. And yeah, counting the 16 pros and rookies and on air talent. That's with commentators, ring announcers, etc. There was a total of 28. Nice. So it's kind of crazy when you actually break down the stats like this, seeing how much how many on-air talents you had to have for an hour of programming. I never would have thought that in rotation you had a total of 28 people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like 28 different phases. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. And yeah, overall, you just had to go through a a rotation of 16 wrestlers. So, yeah. 28 on-air debuts. 28 Mm -hmm. singles matches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So, that was... Season one in a nutshell. Now we will get to what happens after season one, which is really crazy when you think about it, how right away they used all eight guys right away. And that zero to a hundred. Yeah. Real quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> they just, just jumped right into it. Like they went from this little show to just popping off on like next night. Like surprise. Yeah. We are about the business. Yeah. I I won't lie when I saw this and we'll we'll get into the the raw right after which is raw 889 but going into that raw after season 1 had just ended I was like okay they'll get Wade Barrett and they'll do exactly what they said from the prize that he's going to get that he's just going to get a title shot but in my mind at that time I should say I was really intrigued because I was I was thinking, how are they going to integrate him? Is he just going to be put on a brand at that point? Mm -hmm. Are they going to make a bigger deal out of which brand he's going to go to? Are they going to how are they going to actually introduce him to the main roster? That that's what I was really curious about how they were going to do it. And before we get to the infamous Nexus debut, they have him show up on Raw first. First, they kind of do a recap of the season finale on Raw, where they just kind of give a recap of the eliminations and Wade Barrett winning NXT. And after that, they have Savannah interview Barrett on Raw. 
And I think this was when Raw was still two hours, but they had done a three hour special because of the viewer's choice one. And Barrett appeared, I think, roughly in hour one of that of that show. And Savannah just wanted to get his feedback of how he felt about winning season one and et cetera. And he kind of dropped some subtle hints there where he was saying, oh, yeah, you, you think you saw something special with the winds of change on NXT? Wait till you see what happened. Or he said something like, ask me the same question a week from now and you'll see that we really made an impact or something like that. So he just kind of subtly dropped it in. But I, I didn't think anything of it. You Who know, would have saw that coming. Yeah. So I had no no idea what they were actually planning with this whole thing and i was like oh okay cool he'll he'll probably mean that maybe he attacked the champ yeah you know he's gonna announce what champion he wants to go for and Mm -hmm. he made a statement by like you know throwing an apple at him or something like that or rose you know i mean carlito's not there so true yeah he didn't have to spit it you just throw it (laughs) they have they have like an inventory of apples because they didn't know carlito was gonna know they have this back so we're gonna need you to just throw apples at people <laughs> like you crushing your hand a little bit just throw it and don't say anything about it being cool though but my whole thing was was roses no nah, nah, dude <laughs> look how many roses we have and look how many apples we got once you run through these you have all the roses you want <laughs> assuming they don't die yeah so. <laughs> you gonna take these apples or not yeah <laughs> oh man yeah i but what's kind of before we get into so what we're going to do now is we're going to do a watch along but as we're watching along with this nexus debut work we'll give you kind of our all overall feedback of how we thought about the nexus when we first saw it and just you know re-watching it now but at that time did you i'm trying to find a way how to how to word this did you think that they were going to go in any direction with the rest of the rookies. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like I thought it was just going to be Barrett and like, we was just never going to see none of them other fools and they were just going to go back to FCW. Yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking too. Since in K in, in half K land, <laughs> they were saying that these eight rookies were trying to become the WWE's next breakout superstar, which basically means whoever wins a contract, but Half K wise, they are all under contract. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I was like, what are they going to do with the the seven of them? Because as they were already hyping up in the next season, they were going to bring in a whole new eight rookies. Yeah. It's like, what do you do there? It's like you bring eight people. Is this you give them a chance to be on the WWE? And then what am I supposed to pretend that they're going home? Yeah. Yeah. Or back to FCW yeah. or for, you know, FCW. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I was kind of intrigued. And then, yeah, once this whole thing blew up with Nexus, I was like, oh, okay, I, I see what you're going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So it was, it was kind of weird, but it made sense once you've seen them all together. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you guys could have just did this in the first place, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we'll start up the watch along. If you guys want to watch along with us, if you have the wwe network we are watching the raw from june 7th 2010 it is raw 889 if you want to follow along there and yeah we'll just we'll i have some notes in my head but we'll just i'm pretty sure as we're watching this we'll 
we'll think of something as as we go along. But so just a quick recap. Yeah, Barrett was did a, was doing a promo earlier on, and this was the WWE's Viewers Choice Raw episode. And during that time, the fans got to vote for who they wanted John Cena to face in the main event, and they voted for CM Punk. So this is going on between the main event the closing moments of the main event between John Cena versus CM Punk. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how at this point I had I had forgotten about this until we were watching season 1 of NXT with the whole CM Punk mask gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I forgot about that until they introduced it towards the end of season 1, you know what I mean? I know I'm pulling out my tablet right now cuz I want to see if I can find that mask. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> So at this point, Wade Barrett is on the stage and John Cena was about to do the five knuckle shuffle and Wade Barrett is on the raw stage and he has a N armband, which at the at the first time when I saw it, I thought it was just ne- uh, NXT. You know, yes. I mean? yep, it's the same N uh-huh. that they use now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you're NXT graduate. Yeah. Just yeah. To mark you. Yeah. And. So I don't know if you can kind of see it. Uh, maybe I'll do it in full. Or no, sometimes my computer freezes. But you can kind of see. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of see Gabriel and Slater in the far distance. Yeah, yeah, coming down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't catch that until watching this. And oh, then, that's pretty savage. Yeah, and then Michael Tarver. They did a really cool shot where Michael Tarver was just on on camera. Yeah, and the other seven superstars, or I should say, the other seven rookies, just came out of nowhere and started attacking Luke Gallows and CM Punk. So they haven't attacked John Cena yet, where Cena is still in the ring. Yeah, they just came out of nowhere and they're just like beating the crap out of like CM Punk and uh gallows right so you know they kick crap out of them and just circle the ring yeah and yeah at that point then barrett kind of gave the nod to the other seven to slowly enter the ring but as i was mentioning it was pretty cool how you i didn't notice that slater and gabriel had been coming from the crowd from the side until they did that close-up shot of tarver and it looked really cool because tarver is still wearing his little mask thing mm-hmm. And so it, it looked really menacing when the camera just kind of kind of suddenly just cut to, to Tarver. At that I point. think, you know what? I think when I seen this back in the day, mm-hmm. I watched like the end of the competition. Oh, okay. so like I thought I thought Tarver was cool mm-hmm. because he had like the little mask thing. So I didn't know that he really didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I remember watching this and I was like, yo, look at these dudes beating crap out of John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, that's that Wade Barrett, whatever he is. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah. they just beating the crap out of John Cena. Whoa. Yeah. And then like as soon as they get in the ring, like David O'Connor like lays out the ref. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just like slugs them pretty much. Wham. <laughs> but it's kind of cool here while listening to Cole and and the King because they at, at this point still once they started attacking John Cena, they made it seem like, oh, it's still a whatever show they didn't they made a big deal but it wasn't like a takeover kind of 
deal yet. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as yeah, they slugged this fool, uh, <laughs> skip booted sh- striker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like the trigger. And then, <laughs> and then Gabriel and Slater beat the crap out of the king, and that's when I really lost it. Like I was sitting there watching this at work, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was more of the oh crap, this has to be real like, moment. Like man, they just beat up everybody. Yeah, yeah. They, even, they all got matching armbands, and they is not caring about nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I I like the urgency that that the king and cole did before uh jerry got attacked mm-hmm. because at first yeah they were just like saying oh what what are the rookies doing why are they attacking john cena look at this fool about to hit the boom <laughs> production members ain't safe yeah, yeah. Good. it's funny because one of the crowd uh one of the fans in the front row grabbed the ring bell at that point and he started ringing the <laughs> bell once once Darren Young had knocked out oh the actual... God. What's up, Justin Roberts? Oh, my God, Justin Roberts. Get it. Boom, who are you, bald-headed dude? <laughs> Bam! So, yeah, I, I was recently listening to a, uh, a an interview <laughs> with, with Justin Roberts, and he said that, yeah, he still has the tie from, from this incident, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and Oh, that's right. He was choking Justin Roberts yeah, with the tie. Yeah, yeah. So... You can kind of yeah. Here it comes. So, <laughs> so this is see it right there. You can see it there, but they didn't do a close up on it compared oh, to when they first. Yeah, yeah, because they had like all kind of camera angles. You can see he had him hemmed up and like I I can't remember who did it. I think it was uh, Otunga later on that he tries to choke John Cena with one of the the ropes. No, it was Slater. Oh, it was Slater. Yeah, yeah. And they quickly told him, "Hey, yeah, it's <laughs> like, bro, you can't choke him with ropes on yeah, TV, yeah. man." <laughs> but. Yeah, so if if folks aren't aware of the whole Daniel Bryan incident, is pretty much during this beatdown, he grabbed Justin Roberts, who was the ring announcer at the time, and he took off his clothes, like <laughs> mostly his shirt, and then grabbed his pink tie, <laughs> and he started wrapping the tie around his neck and actually choking him. And at that point, this is when WWE had literally just gone into the PG era. <laughs> And sponsors really weren't about that choke life. <laughs> like, hey, man, you can't have him choking people with a pink tie on TV. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of forced a gun to uh, Vince at that point. But apparently listening to a an interview with Daniel Bryan, Bryan and Vince were pretty cool about the whole situation where Vince was straight up truthful with him and let him know that, you know, Unfortunately, we have to kind of let you go for a bit. But once this cool, once this whole incident cools down, we'll we'll gladly bring you back, so to speak. Mm, oh, and then they just stayed true to their word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And it technically wasn't that long because he came back at SummerSlam that year. So oh, he's only gone for a little bit. Yeah. So this is June seventh, like two months. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> let sponsors forget about it. You'll be good, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of respect Vince at that point to kind of keep keep his word that yeah we'll. Will we unfortunately have to let you go because of that? And he wasn't mad at Brian during the whole thing because, from what I heard, they were told to just be as ruthless <laughs> and real with this whole segment. So that's what he really did. So, hey man, that's savage. He, I'm gonna choke you with your own. I really liked this segment the way that they beat the crap out of everybody. Because mm. like the way that they tried to struggle was kind of funny. And yeah. like, like you see John Cena in the corner just kind of sandbagging. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because they made it seem like a real takeover yeah. where you literally just had punk versus John Cena. And now even CM Punk, I, I, I know that he's not trying to save John Cena, 
but he's also trying to stand up to to these outsiders. <laughs> so yeah, 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 he's pretty. And then these fools pretty much had a clothesline contest yeah. on John Cena. <laughs> And John Cena's trying to move hell slow. He's like, dude, I don't even want to bump no more. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, blood. Like, he still has like three more finishes. Straight to up, man. He's sitting there like, God, come on, guys. That one looked pretty good, though, by, by Skip. Oh, like, yeah. That's also probably why he didn't want none of that. He knew, He's like, oh, crap. He knew Skip's hella strong. <laughs> see, oh, yeah, here it comes. So. It's fool trying to choke him with the... Uh, Hey, but don't choke. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, they quickly told him, like, hey. <laughs> X-Nay on the choke say. <laughs> that... It's kind of ironic because the two guys that went for the chokes are the guys who are still active wrestlers now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. You know, the craziest thing about it is that, like, you know, even though the WWE is this, like, super state-of-the-art, like, big dollar company or whatever, mm-hmm. their wrestling ring looks the same as, like, everybody's wrestling ring when you peel it down to the wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you got duct tape that holds little mats together? Come mm-hmm. on, man. Like, Shouldn't we have more state-of-the-art stuff? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, at this point, they're still pretty much beating down. <laughs> hey, they got the middle rope broken. <laughs> the The ring apron is peeled off. The mats underneath the apron are peeled. You can see the wood. And then now, like, they setting up him so he could hit Barrett's finisher. And, Wasteland. <laughs> Wasteland. And mm-hmm. they, if they, they flip the announcer's table... While King is still, oh, he's <laughs> underneath like dead. <laughs> it's it's funny because you later on hear this one kid who's like still trying to make sure that the King is okay, but he calls him Mister King, Mister King. King. <laughs> Man, this uh, like this is what I really remember from Justin Gabriel, the the Nexus four fifty. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Nexus four fifty from Justin Gabriel was because he went up there and just looked all lifeless, mm-hmm. and then he busted out and he just looked at him like, "Yep, yeah, that's four fifty. Yeah. It's crazy how how good all eight of these guys look as heels. You know what I mean? I know, right? Like, they just all look more comfortable. Yeah. And I didn't think you could pull it off with Gabriel and Slater, but they look as menacing as the other guys. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. Like, the other six kind of almost look natural as heels. Mm -hmm. Those two were, like, the most face-ish. And, and like, Darren Young, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then once they all just stopped smiling, it just they all looked like they were a team. Like, if they all wore the same color, Mm -hmm. or maybe if they would have just limited to, like, black and red, Mm -hmm. that would have been extra dope. Yeah. But it's kind of cool because later on they say that the reason why they did it is because there is no leader in the Nexus. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that they all are working on the same mission, and they're all kind of still unique individuals you know what I yeah mean? like i like the nexus run like all they did was beat people up and do their finishers i loved it mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool and then you know what um gabriel's nexus 450 reminds me of is like billy kidman's flock uh oh, yeah, shooting yeah. star press yeah look at this look at this havoc <laughs> oh man johnson is dead again oh no <laughs> yeah so it's, so at this point it, it's kind of messed up because you rapidly had two medical guys go check out john cena and you'll see the the camera <laughs> camera shot in a sec where they're showing the destruction <laughs> you see like jerry the king lawler's foot like <laughs> <laughs> it's like two dudes on john cena checking him out and like another 11 guys like on the floor <laughs> and then you have the two then you have two more medic guys about to wheel out the stretcher for John Cena, like, <laughs> and you have a down you go right by the ref, like, hey, you're gonna be all right. <laughs> it's okay. 
We need to get the champ out of here, baby. <laughs> Come on, man. We got to get the franchise yeah, out straight here. up. These orders straight from Vince. <laughs> so if, Screw everybody else. If you want to know, if you ever want to know your worth, get beat up by eight rookies. And, and then... see who the paramedics come help. <laughs> Because right now they just show some lady in the audience and she looks disgusted. And I'm pretty sure she's disgusted that ain't nobody else getting no <laughs> medical attention out here. Because straight up, it's been, it's probably been, a, okay, it's actually been probably a good 10 minutes since they attacked those guys. And it's only been three minutes since they last beat up John Cena. So you have a referee, an announcer, a commentator all down for Boy, 10 it's minutes. like three production <laughs> members. Three production. Like, <laughs> Still down. Carnage, man. Like this poor ref got to just get himself up. Like you good. Yeah. Shake it off. But this, dude, this dude with the camera probably got beat up too. <laughs> Boy, John Cena gets all the fun and stuff. They're not even helping CM Punk. Yeah. <laughs> See, if this would have happened on NXT, <laughs> then it would have been like, see, Stryker still down. <laughs> Matt Stryker still got KO'd. <laughs> see, if this would have happened on NXT, they, their security would have been on top. They would have had 10 guys mm -hmm. helping out everybody. But since we're on Raw. Nope. No. It's only for the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> he gets neck brace and all that stuff. And yeah. he probably the heaviest. So it's going to take most of the effort. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> Chaos, where <laughs> Matt Stryker is destroyed. He's, the fans like, geez. Man. Oh my god. Oh man, Justin Robinson. <laughs> he's laying there with no shirt on, a tie around his neck. Like, <laughs> granted, I know John Cena just took like ten finishers, but come on, <laughs> man, that's cool, man. He's an athlete. Justin Roberts ain't no athlete. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, half K wise, what is your explanation to not give a crap about the rest of your? Hey man, your everybody talent? else is expendable. The rest <laughs> of them ain't talent. They're just like they're just announcers and stuff. You know how many like starving announcers are waiting for that job? Oh, that's true. You can't just replace John Cena, man. Yeah. CM Punk ain't even got a face right now. He's wearing a mask. You can replace him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the only reason that ref had to move was for the <laughs> to get out of it so they could wheel this fool past. Like, hey, get out of the way, fool. <laughs> Shit, you roll your ass over, get out of here. Come on, man. Like, let's pick this up off. They, they had the dudes who got beat up had to pick up the table off oh of Jerry Lawler. Come on, man. <laughs> and oh, and he gives a thumbs up. He's fine, yeah. folks. Oh, but yeah, poor, poor Matt Stryker and Justin Roberts. <laughs> Justin Roberts got waylaid <laughs> and they got 27 dudes helping Cena out yeah <laughs> and two dudes went to go check on like everybody else <laughs> hey now you know that's wellness policy man. yeah <laughs> so now you know the rules of the jungle in WWE when <laughs> you just gotta make sure uh oh did uh oh you, you found it <laughs> oh that's pretty cool Actually, it looks, it looks like a dominatrix mask. Mm. It's, it's way too shiny. It doesn't look like a full-on lucha though, man. Yeah, no, I'm cool. Look, <laughs> look at this. Look at this. These are like dominatrix masks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gross. We, we are. We were looking for the replica of CM Punk's mask at this time, and it it's looking pretty pretty bad. <laughs> Let's see. We'll try this later. <laughs> But yeah, so that was the debut of the Nexus, which normally we don't cover anything on Raw or the main roster. But 
in this case, we had to cover our eight boys, you know, going moving on up at the same time. Would you say that technically this is the largest call up in NXT history as well? There's <laughs> a mass exodus of like call ups all at once. Eight dudes. Yeah. And Savannah, nine people. Ooh. <laughs> yep, that's got to be the biggest. It's got to be. I'm about to get us some of these Nexus armbands. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> we got we to gotta wrap. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're all about that. Yeah, they kind of did a really good job on Raw the next week portraying this as a foreign attack mm-hmm. menace outsider group where they, they started the show off next week and all actually all seven rookies were in the ring because <laughs> as i mentioned they unfortunately had to actually real life <laughs> fire daniel bryan because of the tie incident but it was pretty cool because they they stayed half k where they mentioned him no longer appearing but they said because he felt somewhat remorseful mm, and guilty that's right yeah then they kicked him out of the nexus but. that's how you know that they uh they really want to save face for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they could have smooth just been like, man, these seven guys really did a number on John yeah, Cena yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. They didn't snap, disappear him like they did with Carlito. So <laughs> they <laughs> they knew that Daniel Bryan would be back. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, They knew it, man, that he was the future. Yeah. Even though Wade Barrett clearly said that was the last time you'll see Daniel Bryan. But, you know. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty much season one and the debut of the Nexus. We'll we'll probably cover them from time to time as we do season two as well. And I think they're still around during season three. But we'll just kind of give you some highlights here and there throughout the season. And yeah, speaking of season two, we will be covering season two. Oh, yeah. As our season two. (laughs) So. What the, Who thunk it? the originality? <laughs> All right. So if uh, yeah, once again, if you haven't checked out season one yet, we have all first. Uh, I should say we have the first 15 episodes in our archive. So if you want to catch up with us before we start season two, there is, you know, enough time to catch up. And yeah, all those episodes are available on our Spotify, Podbean, and if you're more of a YouTuber, they're all on YouTube as well, and iTunes. I don't use iTunes as much, but if you are an iTunes guy or girl, then yeah. Person. Person. (laughs) If you're an iTunes person. Person. Thank you. (laughs) 2019. 2019. Yeah. All about that. What about uh, SoundCloud? No? Yeah, we still do that? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If, if, if if you have more friends that want to listen to us on SoundCloud, just send them send them our way, and I'll, I'll provide. We can be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, on an as needed basis. Supply and demand is the name of the game. <laughs> Macroeconomics. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I knew it would come in handy for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, feel free to check out our season one and tell your friends about it. Tell your friends and tell your friends about it, and they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends. Etc. <laughs> exactly. And uh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we will be doing NXT season two sometime in the summer. I don't want to give an exact date yet, but we'll surprise you. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. 
if uh if you know what i mean uh, <laughs> oh hey uh, um shout out to all pro wrestling yes because uh, i saw that we got a like from them on facebook ooh. so i'm with that yeah yeah i yeah i'm surprised we haven't given them a shout out yet <laughs> You gotta save the best for last, baby. Come yeah, on, yeah. man. Shout out to AP Dub, shout out to Hayward, man, just like us. Yes. <laughs> Started in the garage and will continue going into the future. Yeah, just like APW. Yes. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I, I was talking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that metaphor worked both ways. <laughs> it did, because you know, we technically started in like Mark Garage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was a garage. <laughs> See? <laughs> awesome. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in and stick with us for season two. Take care. <laughs> yeah.